Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. It's time to raise a cup of cheer. The middle Friday of December marks the MRC Christmas Party Day, and the boss Brent Baker suggested we could record the podcast from the party at Bazinzon Church. He's like, Major Garrett records a CBS podcast at a restaurant. I'm like, no. We all know the IT department will be enjoying the open bar, and then all podcasts are off. Media analyst Alex Christie is here with me today. He and Brett Baker have a chapter in the new book out today called A Future for the News, What's Wrong with Mainstream Media in America and How to Fix It, edited by journalism professor Jim Kuypers. And Kuypers has just a pile of books on media. Uh, Alex and Baker's chapter is titled Apples and Bananas, The Necessity of Differentiating Between Facts and Opinion for Democracy Nurturing Fact-Checking. Now, if you're just joining the news junkie world, that's making fun of CNN's Facts First advertising. They used to have these ads, this is an apple. Some might try to tell you it's a banana, but it's not. It's an apple. (laughs) Very annoying. All right, Alex, you begin by quoting CNN's Christian Amanpour doing the uh, mantra, now more than ever, we need real reporting. And you went, now? I mean, you remember the New York Times did this too? We need truth now more than ever. But I like what you did here was you actually went back and said, whoa, 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 this isn't just a Trump thing. You went back to 2012 and noted Mitt Romney's pollster Neil Newhouse caused a ruckus when he said, we're not going to let our campaign be dictated by fact checkers. This caused Neil Brown at PolitiFact to say, this fact checking business, it turns out, makes partisans very uncomfortable. And here we go again. We see this from journalists. You guys are partisan. We are not. Yeah, so when uh, when Jim Kuypers came to us, you know, with this project and I, all these ideas, you know, as somebody, you know, like Tim and I are really big on these fact-checking people. And so, um, and it also correlates to this trend, like, ever since Trump got elected and how the media has sort of had a change in self-perception on what its role is. Like before Trump, you know, like facts-based journal- journalism was the who, what, when, where, why, and how. And now it's like they want to tell you, they want to add adverbs to everything and say, it's not just Trump said X, it's Trump falsely said X. Yes, that's true. And so I wanted to take a look at these fact-checking people, but I also, this is the kind of kid I was in high school. I remembered that new house <laughs> quote. And so when you say I want to go after the fact-checking industry, like you, there's generally two or three pushbacks you get, and I wanted to go after, address those because, you know, I think they need to be addressed. The first one that, you know, and we've talked about this before, is when you go after these fact-checkers, you're going after what they write. And so... Immediately, you get a sort of selection bias with these people. Absolutely. And so um, we talk about Ted Cruz and Elizabeth Warren a lot because 
they're fairly comparable. They were elected the same year. They've both run for president. You know, Ted Cruz is one of the most conservative senators. Elizabeth Warren is one of the most progressive senators. You know, and if you look at PolitiFact's truthometer breakdown, you know, Ted Cruz has been fact-checked 156 times. 105 of them have been some variation of false, mostly false, or pants on fire. 67% of them. Whereas um, Elizabeth Warren has only been fact-checked 35 times, and only 6 or 17% of them have been some variation of false or mostly false. Um, another good example is um, the Washington Post had a very extensive database of 30,573 false or misleading claims that Trump made. And, yeah, and then they stopped. Yeah, and then they stopped. They got rid of it uh, uh, like a month or so like after Biden was elected. And so when you point this out to them, one pushback you get is, well, you're fact-checked more because you deserve it. Yes. And, I, and it's very easy to... Uh, think dismiss anybody who says that as just like a partisan hack you know but i wanted to take it somewhat seriously because you know we're conservatives we don't believe in my truth or relativism or any of that sort of thing yes so i wanted to act so while i talk about the discrepancy there and i think it's important to point out because you know what they check and what they don't check is important especially if you go on politifact and you see these all these meters, you know, it can give a perception that certain people or certain causes are more truthful than others. But I also, you know, did want to take the, the actual content of the fact-checking seriously because there's a lot of problems in that as well. And another problem that Tim mentioned in his opening that I wanted to get to is this did not begin with Donald Trump, even though I think a lot of people in the media to defend themselves like to pretend that it did, you know, like Trump is like a unique threat to everything that is good and decent in the world. But no, it's like Mitt Romney, you know, who they now love to, you know, portray as one of the good Republicans had problems with this, you know, people who, you know, are not Donald Trump fans have had their run-ins with these people. And, you know, they're like, they, the fact checkers are not referees. No. Well, I think this is one of those things. Now I'm sitting here thinking as you talk, and I'm like, yeah, I think I want to go back and look at how PolitiFact has ruled on Mitt Romney since Biden became president. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. Now, at your chapter, you're basing your numbers in June, which is pretty current. Mm -hmm. But so I went today and said, okay, what's happened since June on PolitiFact with these two politicians, Ted Cruz and Elizabeth Warren? Ted Cruz has three more fact checks, and once again, two of the three are on the false side. So that and I believe the one truthful one was him talking about how Texas leads the country in green energy. Yeah, <laughs> Texas is better than California. Yeah, so uh, which they they I'm sure they checked it and went, well, I'm yeah. I'm boggled. That's actually true. Uh, there is no new Elizabeth Warren since June. Uh, there's only been one check of Elizabeth Warren since early 2020. And here's the other fun part, Alex. 27 of the 35 fact checks that you mentioned came in 2019 and the first two months of 2020 when she was a presidential candidate. And that is one of the biases they have. They're actually, 
quite bad at, for example, congressional leaders, you know, Schumer, Pelosi, Hakeem Jeffries. They don't tend to ch check on them. Yeah. PolitiFact does, they do, now they do a lot of social media checking, which is easy to make fun of because it's a lot of just like, Joe Biden is not actually dead. It's like, oh, okay, thank you. But uh, <laughs> Well, that's how they make their money from Facebook, yeah, right? Yeah, and a lot of it, I think to get around this criticism of case selection is like they rely on like reader submitted requests. Like Senator so-and-so said, blah, blah, blah. Can you please check him on that? Right. But the problem with that is PolitiFact's audience is probably, you know, one assumes fairly slanted to the left and yeah. so it ends up just being a sort of echo chamber yeah so so they're yeah they're this time of year they're doing their lie of the year contest or whatever and you're like well let's always look at the ballot because it's gonna be six yeah. or seven trumps i think they have 10 they have 10 nominees they have more rfk than biden nominees i think one of them i actually at the time wrote a blog for newsbusters about ron desantis saying florida hasn't banned any books right because they're because desantis's claim was like talking about a literal ban he's like we have not if you it's like it's not in schools but if you want to go to a bookstore or on amazon you can buy it and politifact's like that's not what the definition of a ban is you know or yeah. like you know so they're like so they were like using two different definitions of ban you know and that's one of the candidates for live year i don't think that one will win it might it'll probably be george santos or something like that but yeah i think that there is a um there's just a sense the main thing we're we're fussing about a lot of times is they will aggressively interpret the facts as they see them based on who who's in the who's in the chair you know who the target is yeah that's one of the like when i talk about i want to look at the content of the fact check as well and not just the numbers that is one of them because you do get these double standards. Um, the famous one that we like to talk about is um, like uh, when David Perdue was running against John yes. Ossoff uh, in Georgia for the Senate. He called him a socialist. And PolitiFact gave that a pants on fire rating because, according to them, you know, the definition of socialism is like state ownership of production it's basically like, say, like the soviet union you know yeah. north korea cuba those type of that type of socialism and what was really interesting about that is they admit in the piece that young democrats view socialism more favorably than capitalism you know but of course if you were to ask you know a young democrat what they mean by socialism the odds are they're going to say something like Sweden or Denmark or Norway or something like that. They're not going to say, yeah, I thought I think the Soviet Union was the greatest thing ever. Well, they might be like Greta Thunberg. That's not that it's it better. It's not like it's less extreme. Yeah. I, I love that example because it's just there's so much energy in these fact checks that are like, well, we want John Ossoff to win. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that by itself is kind of cringe. But if you were to apply that standard equally, you could kind of tolerate it but when joe biden said that uh georgia's election law was jim crow <laughs> they had a they had a very different thing uh reaction uh they they said um you know some people thought it was 
you know, they acknowledge, you know, some experts acknowledge that the Georgia law is not literally Jim Crow, but the but the stakes are so high that, uh, you know, uh, this sort of exaggerated language could be justified. <laughs> this you is know, the fact checkers talking. You know, and uh, it's so, literally false. Yeah, but it's defensible because we want the Democrats to win. So, so John Ossoff, uh, not John Ossoff, David Perdue gets a pants on fire rating, but Joe Biden just gets this like uh, long explainer piece with no rating on it. So, you know, uh, I was going to say, you, know, you also quote from Jonah Goldberg in here, and I think he really speaks for us uh, with this rebuttal uh, to the fact checkers. I have little use for fact checkers, though I have plenty of use for facts, and I believe in checking them. The problem with the fact checkers is they seem to think they have an authority they did not earn to tell other journalists what the facts are. That's bad enough, but they almost invariably end up objecting not to untruths, but to truths they don't like. That often makes them combatants hiding behind their self-appointed status as referees. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the same problem we have with journalists in general, is they pretend to be referees when they're actually players. Yeah, and again, that, that quote, you know, Jonah Goldberg is not a, you know, wearing a MAGA hat. You know, he in that put it mildly. Yeah. And I believe that quote was from like 2015, you know, and it was about Obamacare. So it was so again, this is pre Trump, you know, and we were certainly writing about PolitiFact in the Obama years. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's but it's again, it's this perception they have that going back to the Amanpour quote and she's not alone and this sentiment that somehow when Donald Trump got elected, the media had to change its basically its mission because the old way of doing things, which they never really did anyway, but they like to tell themselves they did, right, wasn't working. I like uh, we, you mentioned in here something about us. In mm -hmm. March of this year, the MRC's Facebook page was hit with the label "missing context." I really dislike that. I mean, they're here again. They're not fact checkers. They're often context checkers. It was a clip of Home Depot co-founder Bernie Marcus telling Neil Cavuto on Fox that banks are badly run because everybody's focused on diversity and all of the woke issues and not concentrating on the one they should, which is shareholder returns. Well, of course, the AP fact checkers were like, somehow that's false. And, you know, when we rebutted and said, Marcus never explicitly said, woke policies were to blame for this particular Silicon Valley Bank's failure, she responded, you say this is his opinion, but this was a news segment, not an opinion piece. We obviously responded to that and said, uh, opinions of guests are a routine feature on CNN and MSNBC. And then AP, she said, I direct you to AP's communications department. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was a bad one. That was... Well, I mean, it's be this whole idea. Like, like uh, when the the miss, missing context should be like, because like if you were to like, if you go on these fact checking sites now, you'll get you get a lot of like videos from the Middle East from people saying this is what Israel is doing to Gaza. It's like no, it actually it was from Syria a few years ago, you know, or like you somebody like cuts off a part of a quote, you know that totally changes the meaning of it. That's fine. Right. This is not that. This was like 
we don't it's like we don't like this guy's opinion, you know. So he's talking about wokeness, which makes yeah. us unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> so well, sometimes the, you can just laugh at them. You know, you bring up uh, Trump being typically Trump, where he was talking about he had the Clemson football team in, and they had the infamous yeah. uh, fact checker of the fact checker. Yeah. They had the infamous fast food buffet, like Burger King Whoppers and stuff. And Trump's like, "We bought a thousand burgers. It was piled a mile high." And then Philip Bump has to run around saying, "Fact check at two <laughs> inches each, a thousand burgers would not reach a mile high." Yeah. I mean, even if he's just joking around on that, you know, it's like it gets lost in translation. Like when you say that Trump told over 30,000 lies, you know, to the Washington Post readers, that sounds really bad. To a Trump supporter, it's like, what does that mean? Because, you know, it's like you can access this if you have enough patience. You can actually like download an Excel spreadsheet and go through all 30,000 of these things. And I I'm pretty sure this is not in that list, but most people aren't going to take the time to go through all thirty thousand of these things. Yeah, I and think so. It come it, and so it feeds a perception. You know, it's like it, because a big theme of this book, not just my chapter, but other like our fellow contributor contributors, is that the media has a trust problem, and the like the media's reaction to that trust problem has been to just basically double down and say you don't get it. But it's like if you're going to be fact-checking the height of hamburgers, <laughs> you know, people are like, it's like if that people are going to be like, well, what else is in these 30,000 lies? You know, it's like, I, it's like I don't believe you. Yeah, I think this is the whole point is that they always said that this was false or misleading statements, mm -hmm. and it was often shortened to lies when mm -hmm. some of them were missing context type of things. I, yeah. mean, I remember one in our book Unmasked, Brent Bozell and I were making this point, that, that one of them was the uh, a small business organization, the National Federation of Independent Business, said that the atmosphere for business was better under Trump. And they were like, well, let's pick this apart and try to, the Washington Post people were like, well, it was a self-selected group of businessmen who had this opinion. They just, yeah. they, you know, they go through these things and try to say, this is why it's garbage. Yeah, well, this isn't in the book because it happened just like a couple of weeks ago, but PolitiFact, and I know we're picking on PolitiFact here, but the chapter does talk about more than just PolitiFact. But uh, at the most recent Republican debate, uh, at the end, they asked the candidates which president you would basically consider a role model for yes. your own presidency. And Ron DeSantis picked Calvin Coolidge. He pretty much said that things, you know, things were great under Coolidge. The economy was great, and he understood basically the constitutional limitations of the federal government and of the powers of the presidency. And PolitiFact, in their roundup, for some reason, decided to basically fact-check Ron DeSantis's opinion that Coolidge would be his role model, <laughs> you know, or something like, like pretty much, you know, like because you know liberal historians don't like Calvin Coolidge, they they blame him for the Depression and some other things. He was supposed to pick Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yeah, who only threatened to pack the Supreme Court and and in turn and, Japanese American. Yeah, and it's like I don't think. You know, it's like if, you know, four years from now when the Democrats have their debate and they get this question, I don't think PolitiFact should fact check, you know, who, you know, Gavin Newsom's favorite president is. But the but it would be a double standard, which is kind of what we talked about earlier. 
Uh, I want to get to one of my favorites, and that is uh, abortion and the mm-hmm. way that, uh, you know, we saw this with Kristen Welker and Trump. Kristen Welker's not uh, one of the fact-checking organizations, but, you know, when people interview Trump, they're very much pressured into doing this. So, you know, anytime Donald Trump says the Democrats uh, have no exceptions for abortion, it's quite simple. If you go Google the 2020 Democratic Party platform and you'll notice they believe quite explicitly in no restrictions on abortion. And yet they all freak out when you say they are for abortion at any time for any reason. Uh, It's not just him. You note Glenn Kessler. They'll say Republicans defend their allegations by pointing to votes cast for the Women's Health Protection Act, a bill that would have restored the right to abortion enshrined in Roe versus Wade. But the legislation includes exceptions for the health of the mother, which Republicans describe as a loophole that puts no limit. So they're, you know, they're here again, they're pickety pick, picking it. And they're actually falsely describing this so-called Women's Health Protection Act. It went further than restoring the right to abortion in Roe versus Wade, because Roe versus Wade had some language about trimesters and whatnot. This bill was all about, we're going to destroy abortion restrictions in all 50 states. Yeah, in that piece, Kessler also goes on and on about, um, he says, the GOP attacks are disingenuous at best. They imply that late-term abortions are common and that they are routinely, routinely accepted by Democrats. The reality, according to federal and state data, is that abortions past the point of viability are extremely rare. When they do happen, they often involve painful, emotional, and even moral decisions. That is not a fact check. That's Democratic spin. Yeah. They, they're always trying to say, well, the woman was very serious. She didn't take it lightly. That's yeah. not the point. That's not a factual yeah. point. That something is rare is not the same thing as something never happens. And if there is an inconsistency between what Democratic Senator Smith or whoever says and what they vote for, that's their problem. You know, it's it is completely fair for Republicans to point that out. And Kessler's like, whoa, 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 you can't say that. And it's like, well, and they, this is the whole point is that they routinely describe Republicans as extremists on the abortion issue, especially Republicans who don't want an exception for rape or incest because the baby is not responsible for what how he or she was conceived. That's considered extremism. Okay, fine. Then isn't it extremism to say? There will want an abortion at any time for any reason. And let's remember Ralph Northam. Trump loves to bring that up where he's basically like, well, if the child is born and the woman doesn't want it, we'll just make him comfortable and let him die. And they really don't like talking about that. So, you know, we've just had this time where we've spent weeks talking about Kate Cox in Texas. They have their, you know, anecdotes they really, really like. Mm-hmm. And they really, really hate you talking about an abortion after birth. Yeah. Now, let's talk about expert shopping. That's another thing that you, you bring up, and, and I notice this all the time, is, is they'll say, well, that's not true. We went and found a professor of something, and they're almost always, I end up going and looking at their donation records. Yeah, they, because people like us say that fact-checking is basically just basically opinion commentary with a more official and sounding name, one way I think they tried to get around that is by if you have an expert, you know, who theoretically knows what they're talking about, come on. But 
often these experts are they're only to one side. Um, I like this example you have. He said Glenn Kessler and Michelle Yehi Lee were were talking about the Navy, uh, and they go in and say, uh, uh, "Well." Ray Mabus, Navy Secretary Ray Mabus says this, and you're like, the problem of citing the Democratic Secretary of the Navy as an authoritative source to rebut Republican attacks on his job performance should be self-evident. Yes, and just as an aside, there is something about the size of the Navy that drives these people crazy. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of examples in that, partly because I can be the foreign policy nerd here at Newsbusters. We like that. But also because it's a topic they talk about all the time. And it, and yeah. So citing a Democrat to defend himself in a fact check seems kind of it's like uh, that's not how that's supposed to work. At least that's fairly easy that yeah. we could say Ray Mabus was a an elected governor. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a politician. But a lot of times these people are professors and you yeah. have to dig a little bit. Or, yeah, like there's another one with PolitiFact, like uh, – Back when Democrats controlled the House, they were trying to pass their uh, Freedom to Vote Act, you know, in sort of response to Georgia and some of these other states. And uh, the Republican criticism of it was that it was a uh, federal takeover of election laws. Um, That was, I think, from Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. And PolitiFact said that was false. And they had a bunch of professors to basically agree with them on that. They go finding them. That's, yeah. that's kind of the point. But what's interesting is in that piece, they also had uh, Eli Shapiro of the Cato Institute, who was supposed to be at Georgetown, and then he got canceled for wrong think. But they had Shapiro pretty much agreeing with Mitch McConnell, saying, no, McConnell's correct. And it's like, we don't care. We're still giving him a false rating. So it's like, what is the point then of talking to Shapiro if you're not going to basically put him on equal level with these liberal professors, you know. So my unfavorite is when they they do a fact check on gender affirming care. Yeah. Now, for for a fact checker to use the term gender affirming care ought to be uh, an affront to truth in my humble opinion, but what yeah. they'll do on transgender health checks is they'll say, "Here's our expert to tell you you know, and they're 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 literally yeah, well, from the well, transgender a, health organization. Yeah. Well, this is also a category error because a lot of these fact checks are be, are um are gender and sex the same thing, or are they two different things? And if you're going to tackle that question, you need somebody who is like familiar with like etymology and word origins. But they bring these basically these liberal biologists on to say they're two different things, and so you it's like. It's it's expert shopping, but it's not even correct expert shopping. Well, I think to the average American, it's not that yeah. complicated. When you're getting yeah. into gender and sex, it's sort of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We know yeah. a girl's a girl and a boy's a boy. And yes, yeah. you can find the exception where somebody is born intersex. Yeah, but that's not – but somebody being born intersex is not somebody who's transgender. That, you know, right. they try to – they. You know, because when somebody says uh, gender is dichotomous, you know, and they bring up, you know, that's like they bring up intersex. It's like uh, that's not this. That's not what we're talking about here. We we can acknowledge that that's a thing, but that's not, you know, when somebody says transgenderism is a mental illness or that there are two genders, you know, and then they they talk about intersex. That's just something completely different. 
Yeah, I I just think that the uh, this is one of those areas we we love to go to because whenever whenever the liberal media starts talking about science, we're going to go to abortion and transgender issues. When they start talking about fact checking, we're going to go right there because their politics are such that they can't acknowledge that a that a fetus is a human, and they cannot acknowledge that you were born one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they can't acknowledge that. They have to go with whatever the wokeness is. And the wokeness is at war with the with the facts. Uh, so let's go to kind of how you sum this up. And that is the problem is fact checkers will often conflate their interpretation of reality with reality itself. It is a fact that Trump won the 2016 election. They still have trouble with that one. It is an opinion to say because of that, we live in a post-truth political space. They believe that very dearly. Mm-hmm. It's another opinion this is hyperbolic that politicians have been lying since the beginning of time and will continue to do so until the end of time. That's very Alex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True, but the way you put it, uh, and we all acknowledge Trump is a serial exaggerator, yeah. if not a liar. Another another pushback you get to when you uh, start going after the fact checkers is like you just you want to basically spread misinformation without consequences and it's like that's another thing i wanted to push back in this chapter it's like no you know it's like covid19 was not a hoax the venezuelans did not hack the election or whatever that was all about right you know so it's like we can acknowledge these things you know but like we talked about earlier you know uh, things about democrats not supporting abortion you know limits are true you know the fact that they say they support late-term abortion limits is not backed up to with their actual actions. Well, and I think just right now, uh, let's look at what we're dealing with with Hunter Biden right now. All of these people are running around saying there's no evidence that Biden was involved with Hunter Biden's business. This is flagrantly untrue. And they all repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And then they try to say, but we're the fact checkers. Um, And of course, the fact checkers aren't running around saying when Joe Biden says everything they say about Hunter Biden and me is a pile of lies. They're not even sitting down and go, well, we better dig into that. Now, I know Kessler's done one of these long, you know, timeline of Hunter Biden type stories, but he's not saying that Joe Biden's a liar because they can't somehow acknowledge Joe Biden's a liar. And he's especially a terrible liar when it comes to his own family and the way that they've grifted millions and millions of dollars from our enemies yeah glenn kessler's biggest problem with biden seems to be that he doesn't trust uh, hamas's casualty reports <laughs> um yeah that's right we were laughing about that it's like oh now joe biden's a liar because he said i don't trust hamas yeah so <laughs> yikers all right let's uh try to wrap this up with this I, I think this is really the quote you could take out of the whole thing and like put on a t-shirt when fact checkers sound indistinguishable from liberal columnists, people will treat them as such. I just think that the uh, there is, as you say, Alex, uh, fact checks that you you can you can learn something from that really do explain an issue. It's just that you we don't have a high level and trust of what they're doing now. Is that you? So yes, we're for we're for facts, we're for true facts. But the problem in our politics is that. 
the Democrats think they own all the facts and that their opinions are facts. That's kind of the problem we have here. And they somehow treat any time a conservative disagrees with the liberal, it, the conservative is spewing misinformation. And that's what we're objecting to. And that's what the fact checkers, you know, we laugh at them calling themselves the independent fact checkers because they're just not. You know, they have a constituency. The PolitiFact donors are on the left. PolitiFact's readers are on the left. PolitiFact it has a base of support like Newsbusters has a base of support. And that's why, you know, when you want to learn about fact-checking the fact-checkers, you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.